This is the Canna Curio Podcast by Cannabis Media, your source for cannabis and hemp license updates directly from the data vault. Don't forget to subscribe to the Cannabis Media newsletter and follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to stay informed of future episodes and data releases. Welcome to the Canna Curio Podcast powered by Cannabis Media. We're your hosts, Amanda Guerrero and Ed Keating. This week on today's show, we are joined by Zach Gordon, a tax senior manager at Grassy CPAs. Uh, Zach and the Grassy team are East Coast based and uh, an accountant and professional services firm. They just recently joined the Cannabis Media platform, and we are super excited to have them on uh, as they have a, a special subscription that we'd love to, to share more with you guys about. Uh, but as always, before we dive in with our guests, we are going to check in with Ed to see what he's got for us this week from the Data Vault. Ed? Hey, Amanda. So right now, as we get into year end, me and the team have been working on a variety of leaderboards. So uh, we're working on manufacturing next as we've just completed retailing and cultivation. The cultivation, as we talk about just about every quarter, is heavily concentrated with licenses from California and Oklahoma. Uh, They control about 87% of the new licenses, I think, that have come out and probably 70% overall in the nation. So uh, definitely continuing the the leaderboard uh, poll positions uh, as we come into the end of the year. And I have to just inquire: Is did Michigan make a, any appearances in this uh, cultivation uh, leaderboard? Uh, yeah, they they are right up there in the third spot. Uh, they've really been adding a lot of licenses across the value chain because I think the last time we talked, we chatted about dispensaries and retailers, and their rate of growth of adding uh, those types of licenses was really steeper than all the other states. So I think we're going to continue to hear from them as we go into 2021 as well. Yes, as many of our loyal listeners uh, know, we have been closely tracking the growth within the California, Oklahoma, and Michigan markets, and they have been absolutely at the top of our leaderboard uh, in 2020, and I'm sure we're looking at the same for for 2021. Uh, As I mentioned, today we are joined by Zach from Grassy CPAs. Zach, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you. Thanks so much for having me. Very excited to be here. Yeah, of course. Uh, not to, to date ourselves on the podcast, but you just uh, survived or are surviving the, the crazy uh, winter storm that's hitting the East Coast right now, correct? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I uh, actually had to get the shovel and the salt out, so... Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, uh, we'll definitely focus our conversation today on uh, what you guys are doing over at Grassy, but uh, glad to have you on the show. Um, now, with Grassy, they've been a pretty Long-standing firm, uh, you know, since 1980, uh, you know, within the, the accounting uh, services field. Um, when did you guys get into the cannabis industry? Like, how, how did that happen? That's an amazing question, and it's one of those things that uh, I think across public accounting, similar conversations are being had. Uh, the firm has been in, in the cannabis space since about 2016, and wow. the conversation started with, uh, "You're kidding, right?" Uh, one of the partners uh, went into the managing partner's office and was like, you know, we got to, you know, we're getting some, some bites, we're getting some questions and we have our own clients who are either investing or becoming more and more interested in the space. Uh, 
uh, I think it's about time we got in. And of course, yeah, the first response is, what are you, crazy? And, you know, obviously this being several years ago, the market wasn't quite what it was now. As the market continued to evolve and, you know, our, our clients got more and more excited and we got more excited, it, it was just a natural fit. Goes without saying, we had to do our research. Uh, so I was actually uh, the founder and first chairperson of the New York State Society of CPAs Cannabis Committee. So it was pretty unique in getting all these professionals together, some who uh, may not have been very experienced in the space, but wanted to learn more. And the few of us who did have that hands-on experience, uh, we, we got a chance to have a bit of a sounding board. And that was really a great way to get not only ourselves more, uh, you know, uh, more interested into the industry and, and uh, more exposure, but allowed other CPAs to have that sounding board as well. Yeah, and you recently just joined the the Grassi CPA firm. Firm is that correct? Exactly, I joined over the summer. So uh, congratulations! Thank you, thank you. It's uh, it's certainly been quite a journey, uh, but I, I am really excited to be here. All joking aside, yeah, the practice really is growing. Uh, pardon the pun, like a weed. I'm sorry, <laughs> I I had to. I, I had that in my back pocket. I had to use it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The puns are endless in this industry. Oh, they sure are. And they get more corny by the day, but that's all yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, uh, coming from, you know, a, a, a cannabis accounting focused background, um, you know, especially with your previous work with the, the Trade Association, um, how do you think the MORE Act will Im- impact 280E regulations and, you know, subsequently the, qui- the clients that you have at, uh, at Grassi? That is a fantastic question, and I will put a big asterisk in that uh, it's based on what we know today. And as we know, any legislation having to do with with cannabis is a moving target. And at the federal level, it's it's even more so. Uh, Theoretically, assuming the MORE Act passes in some semblance of its current form, there are some really big impacts. Now, we can't answer all those questions only because we don't know for sure, again, the how, the when, and those are all pretty important questions. But let's just say for the sake of conversation here that cannabis as a whole is descheduled. So it's currently a Schedule One drug. That means that you know, 280E uh, applies, and specifically that means that there's no deductions outside of cost of goods sold. And I'll save the rest of the tax dissertation for another time. But again, just for the sake of this, this conversation, Cost of goods sold is all you can really think about um, if you're a plant-touching business. Now, how does that affect our clients? (laughs) In every way you could possibly imagine. And this is where uh, having the right documentation, having the right professional guidance can really take you a long way. Uh, I, I would bet that this answer will change over the next few months, but if it were to pass, there are significant implications. So, Zach, one question that I had in terms of clients, you know, especially since the firm has been doing this for a while, is are you working with both plant touching and ancillary clients? And, and if you do, how do their needs differ from the services that you provide to them? That's a great question. And we do have plant touching. I mean, we work with uh, single state operators, multi-state operators, applicants, and everybody in between. And we also work with uh 
quite a few different ancillary service providers from uh, from the technology side, from infrastructure, from uh, a, a few different sides, and it, it's pretty interesting. And they are all wildly different in how they need to be serviced. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when and, you look, and, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, go on. Finish. Finish. I, I was just going to say that uh, when you're looking at uh, a plant touching business, the documentation is is key. Making sure that you understand how as we mentioned, cost of goods sold, how that's being allocated, um, you know, who you're servicing, how you're servicing, et cetera. It's, it's just incredibly important. Not right. that it's less so if you're an ancillary service, it's just a little different. Right. And uh, I remember when you were coming on board, Grassy, we were chatting and, uh, you know, I asked you a bunch of questions then too. And one of the things I remember is that, you know, you were coming into the firm and the firm already had sort of this multi-state view already. It wasn't that you were just dealing, let's say, with clients in New York State, but, you know, it sounds, if I remember, that you have uh, a broad coverage nationwide. Is, is that right? It, exactly. Now, the asterisk I would put there is we, we want to know the state. We want to know the market before we would get in. Sure, so sure, sure. Yeah. being educated is a big deal. Not just speaking for myself, but for other, uh, other professionals within the firm, we take that education very seriously. So it goes without saying that we, you know, California is obviously the the biggest market and as much as anyone can wrap their heads around that, uh, that, that beast that is the compliance infrastructure for, for California, uh, that's obviously a logical starting point. And some of the mature markets as well, uh, we have our eyes there, but as new markets come online, uh, you better believe, uh, you know, 1201 on that day, we are noses to the books trying to understand that market. Absolutely. Now, as a guy who started working for a, essentially a Fortune 500 tax publisher out of college, um, I'm always intrigued by to brag of, a little bit the, the, the regulations. So, you know, what regulations guide your work? Like, you know, does FinCEN bank secrecy come in? Like, what, what are you having to look at to to help understand, you know, the cost of goods sold issues that you talked about, and and some of those other nuances that you know people who are new to this market just don't know what they don't know. Well, that's a great way to frame it. Uh, cannabis is unique in that I don't know if there's another industry where there's so many first time or relatively new owners and operators. And that brings up its own challenges. And to your point with that, the way you phrase that, they don't know what they don't know. So in that regard, uh, and I think bringing up FinCEN is really interesting because we do have to be familiar with uh, pretty much every regulatory body under the sun. And given that this is cannabis, given that it is federally illegal for all intents and purposes, we need to make sure that compliance is airtight, not only at the state level, but at the federal level as well. Mm. And, and from a compliance suite standpoint of you know the tools and software that, that your clients have to use, I mean, are they able to embrace industry products like work uh, or ADP or, or QuickBooks? Um, you know, how, how do they make sure that they're tracking things the right way? See, that's a loaded question because uh, going back to the issue of cannabis being uh, an illegal industry, for again, for all intents and purposes, uh, there are certain platforms which will, if they know that you're a cannabis business, uh, they may not allow you to use their platform. Mm. Now, uh, that being said, there are great platforms out there. You mentioned work. 
uh, it, it's a platform tailored for the cannabis industry, and, and that's fantastic, and, yep. and that's very exciting. Uh, not only with platforms like like cannabis, but you know some of the others that are out there being tailored for the industry, and just seeing how far they've come over the last couple of years is is really exciting from from my seat. Awesome. Well, and one last sort of technology compliance question is, you know, cannabis media publishes reports on sort of what makes up the software stack in the cannabis space, what tools are license holders using? So I'm curious, do you or people in your firm have to become fluent or familiar with a lot of the ERP seed to sale and point of sale outputs? Like, does that factor into some of the work product that you have to do if you're doing, let's say, an audit or something like that? It's not even a question, and your timing for a question like that could not be better. Uh, quite literally, this morning we were on a, a Zoom call with, um, with with a client. We're going through an audit, and we're, well, we're preparing for for this coming up uh, audit season, and going through exactly their their POS systems and their inventory management software. That's uh, exactly on the nose, and, and we have to know it. Uh, there's no way we can conceivably go in as auditors unless we know what the output looks like, unless we know exactly what we're getting and that they're in full compliance, depending on the state market. Well, so earlier in uh, the conversation, uh, Zach, you know, you mentioned that it's really important for businesses to have, you know, documentation and to, you know, have the proper um, research tools available to them uh, in order to explore new markets, right, or to, to establish themselves there. Um, and I'm curious, you know, as a, as a new recent subscriber to the cannabis media platform, um, how has you, how have you guys been able to integrate us into your process and uh, uh, you know, what are some of the primary uh, use cases um, that you, you foresee the team having? Well, I, I, between between us, I wish we had uh, gotten on the platform ages earlier because it's been a great experience. A and I genuinely mean that. Uh, just first getting an understanding of who's in the market in any given market is incredibly important. Uh, you can't know how to properly service an industry uh, a region or anything uh, uh, more detailed than that unless you understand the market itself and cannabis's tools are, are fantastic. That really has been a difference maker. So we brought in our marketing department, we brought in, uh, we mentioned the audit team, we brought them in just to understand um, at not only a high level but at a bit more of a detailed level the, the who, the what, the how long, etc. It, it's an incredible tool. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate appreciate your kind words there. You know, bringing it in the marketing and the auditing department. I mean, that's that's really um, a, a great way for you guys to for your business to to understand and get a snapshot of what's going on within the cannabis industry um, at real time or within real time. Um, you know, while we do give these updates about the data vault during our shows, um, we do have a team of twenty five researchers that are working tirelessly to update these records, keep them, uh, and provide our subscribers with the best available information, um, not just from a, a sales and marketing standpoint, but also from a, a market research standpoint. Um, now, I'm assuming that you've had some time to, to look through the, the platform and work through it. Um, just on, on first glance, do you have any tips or tricks or, or ways that, that you're utilizing the platform that you'd like to share? Absolutely. So uh, there is a great tutorial and the customer service is fantastic. So I, I do tip my hat for that. 
and this is not a shameless plug, I, I, I really do mean it. it. It's been a great experience. As far as tips or tricks, uh, play around a little bit. Make sure that you know, uh, you know, uh, by, you know, by region, by, you know, by license, try to, try to play with it a little bit. Try to, uh, to, to find that one market that you think you know and, and see, uh, see what the output is. It's no better way to learn than that. Yeah, I would concur. And, and, you know, I want to say when Zach and I met a long time ago at trade shows, you know, you really did get a chance to understand the product and actually send people to our booth. You're like, you got, got to go look at that. So, uh, so we appreciate the fact that you've come on board as a, as a customer and brought Grassy uh, along with you. Um, I wanted to zip back to, to some of the, the markets. So we've got about five new markets or expanded markets coming on board. Uh, you know, obviously you're going to be all over the proposed regulations, sort of seeing what they mean. Anyone's in particular, like, you know, New Jersey's not very uh, far away. You know, is that the one that you're, you're really trying to keep an eye on or, you know, as opposed to a place like Arizona where they're going to give out fractionally more licenses and probably mostly to existing license holders. So, you know, any picks that you're you're making in terms of where you really need to focus first well either way it's really exciting to know that there are five new markets coming online that's just it, yeah, it's right. frankly very good for business on that front and given the economic firepower of new jersey given geographically where it is it's just you know from a convenience factor on the geographical side of course that's going to be very interesting and we've already gotten quite a few pings, um, you know, to do the right research, to start putting together financial models, to start thinking about what potential write-ups could look like for the applications as they come out. Uh, so I would say specifically for New Jersey, the excitement is, is palpable. Yeah. And really what that means is I'm probably never sleeping again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I bet. I mean, it's been interesting just to hear some of the early – uh, insights that people have, it may just be guesses, maybe not insight, but from what I've seen in New Jersey, it looks like they're going to cap cultivation at about 36 licenses, but no cap on dispensaries, retailers, which is pretty interesting. And then I've also heard that um, Mississippi may be taking a page out of the Oklahoma playbook and basically let the market decide, let, let thousands of, of licenses fly. Uh, have you heard anything and, and do, you know, and are there markets that are more interesting to you because of how they issue licenses, like a controlled state with limited licenses versus a wild, wild west like in Oklahoma or perhaps or Mississippi? Well, that's a loaded question because they're they're interesting for different reasons. So we, you know, we did take a look at Oklahoma back when it really kicked online, and it was uh, to your point with the Wild Wild West comment. I agree with that. Any, this is oversimplification, but anybody who wanted a license got a license. And unfortunately, what happens is that does have the effect of almost devaluing those individual licenses. Right. And you do have concerns over who the operators are. And I don't mean that from a background standpoint, I mean that more from uh, the experiential standpoint, where there is statistically a greater probability of, of them failing, and that's, that's concerning. <laughs> Anytime you get into a limited license market though, you know, supply and demand, that scarcity brings some heavy economic impact. And that's always interesting and intriguing to be a part of. But I, I think there, 
not to, to sit on the fence here, but they're interesting for different reasons, if that makes sense. No, it's a great point. And, and I think the MSO discussion is, is a key one because we've talked a lot about them on the pod in the past. And, you know, the way I look at it is they have a lot of expertise with brands, with people and operations across state lines. Like they can't move the product across state lines, but they can move a lot of other things. They also have a lot more at risk and a lot to lose. So their likelihood for compliance is super high. So they need somebody like a grassy or one of your competitors to make sure that they are, you know, crossing every T dotting every I and then proofing it three times before they submit it. So yeah, it would make sense that those are the markets that, uh, you know, I would think would be more interesting because you can get, uh, uh, a lot more done working with one big client than trying to chase around 60 small ones. Exactly. And anytime you start talking about a market like New Jersey, for example, where there's um, the number of zeros involved in, in those checks, there's just naturally a, a level of interest that comes with it. Well, Zach, thank you so much for joining us uh, on today's show. It really has been a pleasure having you, and especially uh, given the, the longtime connection that you've had with Ed uh, and uh, sending us leads at shows and uh, just being a, a longtime uh, a fan of the, the team. We're happy to have you as a subscriber, um, and we're super excited uh, to continue working with you into the new year. I, I definitely appreciate the sentiment and I, I, I return it. I, I've seen the evolution of the platform and it's really exciting. And I, I'm very excited to see where you guys keep going and happy to uh, be a user as well. Awesome. Thanks. Happy New Year. You as uh well. All right, Ed. So uh, let's take a look into our crystal ball here for uh, the end of 2020 going into 2021. What can we look forward to from the data vault? Yeah, we're, we're really looking at year end numbers to see what the growth look like. You know, we're trying to, to compare what's happened over the last 12 months. Like we saw, for example, Florida added a whole bunch of stores. I think they're up to almost 300 dispensaries now, even yeah, though I that's only that. coming from you know a few handfuls of true license holders whereas Oklahoma has just you know continued to add store after store after store so uh, just letting listeners of the pod know to look for a year-end wrap-up coming in the next few weeks where we try and parse through all the numbers all the licenses and uh, what has happened during the course of 2020. Awesome. Well, uh, it's been a true pleasure uh, working with you on the show. I know we've got a couple more um, lined up for uh the rest of the month but uh for us here in 2020 uh, it has been a pleasure ed thank you absolutely all right well everyone that wraps up our show today thank you so much for joining us and tuning in this is the canicario podcast and we are your hosts amanda guerrero and ed keating stay tuned for more updates from the data vault thanks for listening to the canicario podcast by cannabis media Stay up to date with the latest episodes of the podcast and get alerts on the latest licensing activity in the United States and Canada, as well as exclusive industry insights by signing up for the Cannabis Media Licensing Newsletter at cannabis.media newsletter.